Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Purpose Tune Podcast. The goal of my show is to create valuable content to broaden your knowledge, inspire you, and get you in the right mindset so that you can apply it in your own life to drive impact, generate meaning, and achieve your purpose. Hi, Trina. It's so nice to see you. And you have such a beautiful background. Um, you know, everything just blends in well. And I, I'm so excited to have you on. Um, you know, I wanted to just give my listeners um, a bit of a description of who you are. Um, so Trina Martin is an author, speaker, technology consultant, and a podcaster. She uses her experiences to motivate audiences to overcome adversity, develop self-determination, and discipline. Trina also inspires emerging leaders to pursue their wildest dreams with heart and grit. And she is also a member of the U.S. military for 30 years. And that's, first of all, I want to thank you for your, your service. Uh, you know, I come from a family of military service, and I know what it's like, the sacrifices, the hard work, um, you know, the moments where you have to miss, um, you know, in order to do your duties. And so I want to first thank you for your service. Um, in addition to that, would you tell my listeners a bit more about who you are? Sure. Well, thank you, Kong, for having me. And Thank you for your support of the military because um, that always warms my heart when when people say thank you because that's what we do we we protect you know everyone's freedom. So um, a little bit about me, as you said in my bio, I'm an author speaker. I actually am recently retired from the military. I did over thirty years. I was a U.S. Naval officer. So I decided that it was time for me to hang it up and pass the torch on to someone else and enjoy my time with my, my children and go on to other things. Um, but um, I, I joined the military back in 1990. I went to college and I'm the first in my family to go to college. So this was all self-financed. And after completing my first year, I realized that after taking out loans and grants that it just wasn't enough, right? And mm -hmm. I was like, I need a way to continue on because my goal was to actually finish, get that goal and get my degree. Mm -hmm. So looking at classmates who were in ROTC and thinking, looking at them and I was like, wow, they're in ROTC. I didn't want to go into ROTC, but then after talking to many of them, they said, hey, not only am I in ROTC, I'm in active reserves. So I do my duty once a month. I get the GI Bill. Um, I get a little reserve pay, you know, that helps me with school. And I was like, okay, great. That's what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So in 1990, I ended up enlisting as an E1. So for those who are not familiar with military speak, that is the grunt, the, the lowest <laughs> person on the totem pole. So that was me. I signed up and it's, it's a funny story. So you know, recruiters, everyone who's been in the military, they'll tell you about some kind of story with a recruiter, right? So recruiters, in military life are kind of like the used car salesman. Mm -hmm. They'll do anything to get you to sign on the dotted line. And if that means going to your grandmother's funeral or coming by and helping you wash your car, as long as they you know, think they're gonna get you in, they're gonna do it. So I went to this recruiter, army recruiter who was working the area of the university and told him, you know, I wanted to join and you know, I needed a way to finance college, things like that. And he said, oh, okay, great. And he said, we're going through the occupation list. And he said, well, I have this job here and it has a $20,000 bonus. I said, oh, wow, great. That, that's, you know, I'm 
19, I'm poor. I'm like, that sounds great. $20,000. What is it? He's like, um, it's chemicals. I was like, oh, a chemist. I'm going to be a chemist. I'll have a white coat. I'll be in a lab. He goes, yep, yep. That's, yep. That's exactly what you're going to be doing. Yeah. So, you know, fast forward, I sign on the dotted line. I get in and I find out that this occupation wasn't being a chemist. It was being NBC, which is nuclear biological chemicals. So uh, that's the person who's actually making and going into places that have been bombed. So if you think about 1990, Desert Storm was going on, right? We had the Saddam Hussein regime and we didn't know if he had biological weapons. So that's what I was trained to do. And I was like, oh my goodness. I got called up to go to Desert Storm and at the last minute, they ended up not needing me. So I did three years in the army and then transferred over to the Navy and worked my way up from there. And um, I was enlisted 14 years and then ended up getting my commission as an officer. And here I am 30 years later. Wow, that's incredible. What a powerful story. And, and of course you're working in IT and technology. What inspired you in, in this field? Oh, wow. So I went to college and I got my undergrad in computer science. Mm -hmm. So you think about in the early 80s, it was all kind of new, especially for someone me. me I'm from inner city Chicago. Mm -hmm. I wasn't exposed to computers, anything like that. I ended up going to a technical high school, the um, number one high school in Chicago that was a technical high school. And that's where I was introduced to technology and computers and that's where my love was. I was like, wow, this is great. I can actually make something, do something. So, you know, writing code and being able to program and see that you can make a system do something. That's where my love came in. Mm -hmm. And from there, I decided to go to school to get my degree. And I ended up working in the IT industry, being actually a computer programmer for some major corporations, you know, programming and maintaining their multi-million dollar systems. So that is my love. I am a geek at heart. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. You know, it's um, it's great that you know we have, um, you know, more more people of diverse backgrounds in these types of fields, and, and I think that we're doing a disservice when we aren't represented. Um, yes. And so I think that you're doing a great job in, in this arena and inspiring others to follow suit. When it comes to inspiring people to fulfill their, their dreams, what process do you use? You know, I think about myself. Um, I had a pretty, pretty difficult role because I was the pioneer. Like I said, I was the first in my family to go to college. Mm -hmm. And basically my whole life has been me doing things that I didn't have modeled for me. So when I mentor and inspire others, I think about those things and I want to help the person that I'm mentoring get further ahead and help impart on them any wisdom that I have to help them. Because I remember that when I was going through, I didn't have it. So I learned a lot of things mm -hmm. the hard way, on the fly, the school of hard knocks, whatever you want to call it. So my, I guess my, my gift back is to help other people to achieve their goals faster and mm -hmm. use my expertise and my wisdom that I've learned along the way. Mm -hmm. Wow, that's amazing. So it's really leveraging your 
your experiences and knowledge and skills and helping those that may have came from this, the, the same background or similar background as you. I, I can relate to that because I also am the first generation of my family to go to college. And my parents spoke no English. They were political refugees of the Vietnam War. And so growing up, I didn't learn how to speak English and I learned it in school. And there were so many challenges as it relates to lear learning the English language when you, English isn't your native language. And also um, the cultural differences as well. And so I think that it's great that you're using your, your, your knowledge and expertise and, and, and experiences to really impact people's lives. And that's, that's incredible. Of course, you know, the show is about purpose and meaning. Mm -hmm. I'm curious to find out how would you define purpose and what does it mean to you? Purpose, I, for me, purpose is what you were created to do. Mm -hmm. So we, we all have a purpose in life. God created us all for something. And if you didn't have a purpose, you wouldn't still be alive today. And that's my belief as a Christian. Um, so that's how I define it. It's, it's what you were put here to do. And we weren't all put here for the same things. And we all don't have the same talents. And it's, it's funny you ask that because I... I use my daughter as an example. My daughter is an artist. She draws, she paints, she does photography. She's just brilliant. She's very creative. That's not my talent. I couldn't draw a stick <laughs> figure. So, you know, I have the technical and the analytical mind. She has the creative gift and that's her purpose. You know, that's, she's been doing that ever since she's been able to pick up a pencil. So having a purpose and knowing what your purpose is, is, very important and it's very um it's very liberating when you find that it took me a long time to realize what my purpose is and and just going back to technology because you and I have both talked about how we love technology <laughs> and my purpose what I'm using in this second half of my life is I'm using my expertise in my experience in technology to inspire other girls of color to go into technology. Mm -hmm. So other black girls, other Latinas, um, Native American girls, because it's just not a field where you see many women of color. And, mm -hmm. and a lot of women, they think, oh, I'm not smart enough. That's a man's field, um, mm -hmm. whatever. So since I have been there and been successful, I wanna be that face to inspire and empower other females of color. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's incredible. I wonder if it has a lot to do with mindset, the fact that individuals think I'm not good enough for this job or I'm not qualified because X, Y, and Z. There are studies that have been done that states that in general, generally speaking, um, women tend to apply for jobs that they know they're qualified, whereas men apply for jobs that they know they're not qualified, but they know they can perform. Yeah. And so I kind of wonder if it has, it has to do with the way in which society treats male and females, you know, men and women differently. And, mm -hmm. and also when it comes to people of color, I, I wonder if there's stereo, still these stereotypes that are being applied. Of course, maybe it depends on, you know, which part of the state you're in or part of the country you're in. Uh, 
do you have any insight on any of those topics? Yes, yes, you know, and exactly. And it's something that I often ask myself too, because it is, it is a, not only is a mindset, it's a societal um, stereotype, if you will, because there are, like, I look at, you know, the IT industry and I was doing the research on, on tech and STEM, they call it STEM now, but women are still underrepresented and women of color are even more so underrepresented. And you would think, how is that possible in 2021? But it is, and it is because either they didn't have someone modeled in there for them to show them the example and they're just looking at what they see on the outside. So if they go to some big companies, let's say, and I don't know if this is true, but let's just say I go to Google and I'm a young female of color who I've never seen anybody in positions like that, I'm probably going to see a majority of white males in that position. Mm -hmm. So again, there, I'm going to think, well, do I fit in here? And then society, of course, like you said, women apply for jobs that they know they're qualified for. Men apply for jobs that they're not. And it's kind of like a challenge. Mm -hmm. And I think that's because of society and us as women, most of us have grown up with parents saying, oh, you're a girl, don't do that. Or, you know, girls can't do this or, you know, act like a lady, do things like that. So we've already had a, a shift, a different kind of mindset, whereas a man is like, go, go, go. You fall, dust yourself off, get up. And, right. you know, I see it even when I was in, in corporate, right? So if, you, if you're a woman and you go in and you're confident, like I was told, oh, you're, you know, you're too direct. I'm going okay, what's the problem with that? Mm -hmm. But if a male came in and was like, boom, 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 everybody was like, oh my God, he's so powerful. He, he commands the room. He's, he's this, he's that. But if a woman does that, she's frowned upon. Mm -hmm. So there are those stereotypes and they come from so far back and we're still perpetuating them today. Mm -hmm. And that's where you find so many people who are not confident, even even women today going in for raises, you know, negotiating, doing things like that is so many, you know, I speak to so many women who coach other women on just knowing their worth, being able to go in and negotiate. And I go back and I think about that during my career, how many times, you know, in the military that maybe I was passed up for an award because I was a woman or I wasn't so boisterous out there or in corporate America when, you know, I wanted a salary raise, I had to go in and say, oh, I need this, 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 and this because I do X, Y, Z. But, you know, John Doe over here could just say, hey, you know what? I need a raise. And they're like, okay, yeah, good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there is a stereotype and we really need to break away from that right now, especially in the day and age that we're in. Right. Which is why I ultimately would like to run my own business. So I could be my own boss and set my own schedule and paid, you know, make my own money without having to deal with all of that as you can relay as an entrepreneur. Um, so I, I, I like the notion that you brought up around how there's still disparities within racial groups and I have a passion in diversity inclusion. And I'm beginning to think, do you think when, for example, if, if I were a, a, you know, hypothetically speaking, a, 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 a a woman of color and I'm asking for a raise and my boss is contemplating whether that, whether I should get a raise. 
And I'm internalizing all of the conversation between my boss and I. Do you think people of color and especially women uh, who are also people of color, do they, do you, do you believe that they, they have this internalized self-worth or like, so like a, a level that they often tap into and say, okay, so this is what I think I'm worth, X, Y, and Z. So I, I kind of wonder if it's more like an internal conflict than it is external when they're saying, I, I, you know, I'm going, I'm going in for a race, but at the same time, I don't know if I'm, um, if it's, if, if I'm deserving of that. So, because they believe that they're not deserving of it, that they almost hinder the request. And no, if, getting um, a raise, or is it, it because, you know, their boss who may be a white male perceives them as not qualified because of all, of all of these stereotypes. So here, here it is for me. So it's not that someone of color doesn't think that they're worthy of it. We know and we, we know we're worthy of it, mm -hmm. but it's the fact that we know we have to fight harder for it and have more proof. So in my personal example, and there's other people of color who could tell you the same thing. Mm -hmm. When I was in corporate, so for example, I had a job as a senior uh, computer analyst for a major power company. Mm -hmm. I worked on one of their major systems. I was the one person who maintained this system. Day in, day out, if I had to get up at two o'clock in the morning, if something didn't work right, I had to get it fixed because power, people, you know, the warehouse men who had to put out transformers, general, it was all dependent on it, right? So I, and, and I'm going to give you two examples. So the raise thing, I remember going to my boss saying, hey, I need a raise. And it was, oh, well, you know, I don't know, I don't know. And, you know, I laid it out. Hey, I'm the only person I'm doing this, this, and this, whereas other systems had a team of people. I was a team of one. And it mm -hmm. was like, oh, no. So I actually went to HR and looking at, you know, my experience, my time and everything in the cap, I was underpaid. Mm -hmm. And HR told me that. So I go back to my supervisor with this information. And they're like, well, you know, we have to see, you know, it was, it was like every excuse, well, you know, this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. And it's like, why do I have to fight over that, right? So fast forward, when I was getting ready to leave the company to go back to active duty, and before, before that, I was saying, okay, I need help. I need another person to work this system with me. Nobody will, you know, oh, well, we don't have anybody. We can't afford anybody, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I left and it's funny because I kept in contact with one of my coworkers who worked another system and the person who succeeded me to take my place shortly after he got that position, which he was a white male, he mm -hmm. said, I can't do this alone. I need some help. Mm -hmm. So my friend who was also a white male said, hey, Trina's been saying that for years and you guys didn't help her. You didn't give her anything. Right. So that's that's always in the back of a person of color's mind. It's not that you don't feel that you're good enough. It's that you know it's going to be a fight. Right. You know, so you right. know that, okay, even though I know I'm deserving of a raise or I'm deserving of having someone help me, mm -hmm. it's going to be a fight. It's going to be a battle because they're going to give you every excuse that mm -hmm. they can't. And mm -hmm. then you're the person holding it up. So that's that's more of what it is. Right. Yeah. So it seems like there's a uh, the it, more. I don't know if it's called 
preferential treatment uh, over you know a certain group. Mm-hmm. And I, I certainly have felt that throughout my career as well, um, being a person of color myself. Mm-hmm. And there's these stereotypes that are um, brought onto me as you know, oh, he's Asian, he works hard. We'll give him all these responsibilities, and then when I you know took a PTO for two to three weeks, they it, my responsibilities were delegated to another team member, and and it was at a time when we were really slow you know in the business, and this team member couldn't even handle all of the work that was in my on my plate, and. Mm-hmm. And this is at a time you know, when I was already, already deeply embedded into their, the business, been there for three to four years and have complained to my boss about how overworked I am. And she just told me just to suck it up. And so that's what I did. And, or another example, when I applied for a position and the hiring manager was like, what makes you think you're qualified for this position? And I said, well, as a person of color who happens to be gay, I am, I think that my unique experiences and identities have shaped me to be the person that I am today. And I think I could contribute value to this position because of these unique perspectives. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, you should tone it down a bit. And it was like, how can I t- turn down my identities, like a part of a major part of who I am as either an Asian American or a man, a man or, you know, right. a, a gay out male, right? Yeah. And so these are just, I, these identities that are embedded in within my DNA and he's asking me to eliminate mm-hmm. that. And it, so unfortunately these things still go on in the, in the, uh, in the workplace and it's uh, disheartening, but we're also seeing a lot of organizations are coming sort of stepping up and, um, you know, creating diverse inclusion positions, um, you know, and filling these leadership positions with people who are talented and have deep expertise in it that can really lead the organization forward to creating a more inclusive culture. So um, at least we're making some progress in that right. while recognizing that there's still a lot of work ahead of us in the space. Um, so let's move on to the next um conversation, I'd like to dig a little bit uh, more into your entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. Um, well, first of all, um, I think you read, you wrote a book, did you? I did. I did. Yeah. So how, so tell us more about the book. Uh, what inspired you to, to write it and, and what was your, your process around all of that? So, okay. So I pub- my book was published January, 2020, and it's called From a Mess to Amazing. Seven Steps to Create the Life You Deserve. And 2020, we all know how 2020 started out. So right. um, the book, it, you know, it, it hit when COVID hit. So um, I'm still building on that. But it's about my life. It's half memoir, half personal development, you can call it. Mm-hmm. And what it is, is just me sharing some of the most difficult times in my life and how I turned those around to Mm. help me succeed. So like we were talking about mindset earlier, like mindset, um, um, personal development, forgiving yourself, forgiving your others. So different things like that. So I touch on each one of those topics and and I talk about my experiences personally to help the reader move on because 
there I've had some dark days, some really dark days. And I don't, and I don't know if we've ever talked about my actual background, but I've come from a very uh, verbally abusive mother, which actually played on my self-esteem and my self-worth. And it took me many, many years to heal that trauma and to get past that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it showed up differently for me. So I ended up being a type A driven to succeed person, whereas maybe the next person, it would have made them, who know, turn to alcohol, drugs, whatever. So it propelled me forward, but yet I still had issues because of that. So I decided to write this book because I had some dark days and I started feeling helpless and hopeless. I was like, oh my goodness, in the midst of all the success, I've made some mistakes and some poor choices in my life because of my my childhood and just in the search for love and you know acceptance and things like that. So I wanted to share that with other people because I knew if I were feeling that way, there are other people out there who feel that way, who feel that I've made too many mistakes and I can't bounce back and go forward from here or mm-hmm. um, my life is helpless and hopeless. And I wanted to let people know that that's not the case. Your past can be a mess, but your future can be amazing. So don't give up. Don't give in. Don't let other people try to degrade you and make you feel like you're nothing because we're all human and we all make mistakes and we all have some things that we may not be so proud of in our past, but that doesn't mean that our future is not going to be something better. I love that. I I, I love that. I I wish I could just capture that and put it in bold that your past can be a mess, but your future can be beautiful. And that's, wow, that's powerful. I wish a lot of people could realize that they are the the heroes of their life. And Mm -hmm. it's up to them to make the change in order to be the champion and advocate of their life, the leader of their life. I think that many people live in this notion of, well, you know, I dealt with this major negativity or life event in the past, and that's really shaped me. And the more you talk about it, the more you give power to it. Right. And that defines who you are. And so I'm interested in getting your perspective on how can we live fully into the future? Um, living boldly is from all of my self-work that I've done and the place where I am today, mm-hmm. I feel that my living boldly is knowing who I am, being true to me mm-hmm. and standing in that, being authentic. And I know authentic is such an overword used, you know, over used word now mm-hmm. but being true to yourself like you were saying you know you told you know the person you know I'm a gay male and he was like oh tone it down that's mm-hmm. like somebody telling me well tone down you're a black female how, how can I do that you know I can't do that um but just knowing who you are being so so confident and, and I'm not saying arrogant or conf- confident like oh well you know I know this I know that but being confident in who you are mm-hmm. being um, at peace, mm-hmm. at peace with who you are and knowing your worth. I think that helps you go boldly. 
And again, I had to do a lot of self-work and it took me a, a, a lot of years because I didn't want to be that person who was saying, oh, well, because I was this in childhood and I was treated this way, I was treated this way, because it is an excuse. And it, it right. not saying that it's not valid and it does play on you. Even to this, to this day, I can hear some of the you know, dehumanizing things that my mother has said to me, mm -hmm. but I'm determined to move forward because I know that her words are not me. They don't dictate who I am. And I know where I, I am now and where I'm trying to go. So just being true to yourself, being true to yourself, loving yourself and standing in your truth, whatever that is. Mm -hmm. That is so powerful. Thank you for sharing that insight. I think that you are correct that in order to be more authentic, we have to really know what our values are, mm -hmm. knowing who we are as a whole human being and being in the present moment and then deciding that we are gonna chart our path and, and move boldly toward a direction that we want to lead our lives. Mm -hmm. And so I think that that's so important. I wish that that message could be shared widely because in the age of social media and Instagram, people want to be a celebrity. You know, they wanna be a public figure and it's all about the fame. And mm -hmm. you look at their lives, really, do they really lead a life of meaning and purpose and fulfillment? Mm -hmm. Or are they just chasing something that isn't exactly aligned to their values, but can get them some short gratification, mm -hmm. short-term gratification, uh, gratification. And so um, that's one of the reasons why I decided to launch this podcast is to create content that's meaningful and valuable that can make an impact in people's lives so that they can be purpose-driven individuals leading fulfilled lives. Mm -hmm. And so if we could tap into our own purpose and really drive it, I think that we can make, we can achieve happiness. And at the end of the day, it is about what makes us happy, right? Mm -hmm. And so I, I'd hate to have people leave this earth without having tapped into their fullest potential right. and achieving their own purpose. Because I believe wholeheartedly that we have a creator. I don't know what it is, but we have a creator that created us and we have a mission to fulfill whatever that responsibility that this creator um, had uh, bestowed upon us. And so um, it's important that um, in moments of difficult times that we are reminding ourselves of our purpose. Speaking of difficulties, how do you push through challenging times? Do you have a set of practices that you incorporate into your daily activities? Do you meditate? Do you have relationships like, you know, uh, family members or friends that you go to, to speak to uh, for comfort? Like what are, what, what's your, 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 some of your, your tools and resources that you could share with us? Um, well, usually what I do is, first of all, I, I pray, you know, that's my biggest thing. And, you know, I'm always praying for grace and for strength, but I have a brother that he and I are very close and we, we speak several times a week. He's in Chicago. I'm here in Texas. So usually if there's something going on in my life, I usually share it with him because 
he's my best friend. So we'll talk it out. And um, I do have a good uh, girlfriend that I went to college with. And she's another sounding board. And she's usually my my reality check, right? So we all we all need that friend, right? That right. brings us down to earth and either tells us we're crazy or we're on the right track. So she <laughs> is that person for me. So usually I'll go to her and, you know, I'll say, well, you know, I, I'm thinking this, this, do you think this is right? And either she'll say, no, you're, t- you're totally off base or she'll say, yeah, yeah, I think. So we all, we all need that, that mirror, you know, in our lives. So that's usually what I do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. I think it's so important to have those types of relationships that you can go to and lean on for support because we are at the end of the day, human beings um, looking for connection. And without the connection, I think that it would be very difficult to to lead a life that we really want to lead. And so um, I'm happy that you have a system um, that you can tap into. Um, So my next question here is around inspiration. Obviously, you know, life is, 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 there's always gonna be challenges and in difficult times. And how do you find inspiration in, in your own life, what 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 wakes you up, um, you know, gives you a smile, um, and and how can you tap into some of those positive energies uh, in order to live more fulfilled? That is a good question. You know, what I usually do to keep myself inspired, I usually I stop and I get still. And I look around and I think about where I came from, where I am now. And um, I look at my children. I have a 15-year-old and a 13-year-old and they're teenagers and they're they're every bit of what a teenager is right now. <laughs> um, but for the most part, I look at them and they're my purpose and they, they make me happy because mm-hmm. um, they're just so they're so inspirational and they're a different generation, of course, than me. And like I was talking about my daughter and how she's so creative, but mm-hmm. I just look at them and I see such possibility in them. And I see um, just s- such goodness, such humanity, you know, and, and I, and I have to say, I, I'm, I've been blessed. I'm very, very, you know, fortunate to have the children that I have because they are good people and, me and their father are raising them to be good humans and they are and that makes me happy but just being grateful I guess you could say just thinking about where I am in life and what I have and I don't mean material things and I don't mean money but you know when you think about okay I have my health and my strength um people around me that I love are doing well they're not sickly you know that's that kind of inspires me to keep going because I know even though it may be, I may be having a dark time or a difficult time at this moment, I know that there's better to come. So that inspires me. That's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, what a great way to look for inspiration than, you know, looking at your own, um, you know, children and seeing in their eyes inspiration and, you know, that empowers you to be, you know, at your best self. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, that's, uh, it's so nice to hear that. Um, so you're also a podcaster like me and you, uh, 
um, you know, interview uh, business leaders, business owners, entrepreneurs, influencer uh, around the world about how um, taking action can really transform uh, people's lives. If there's one or two common themes that you could pull out of your conversations with these folks, what would they be? Um, common theme, and, and when I, on my show, I love to ask people about their successes as well as their failures. Mm -hmm. And the common theme that I get from everyone is they have failed. Mm -hmm. They have failed and they're not ashamed to talk about it. And as you alluded to earlier, we have this instant gratification. We have social media. And mm -hmm. I talk about people living their Instagram best life um, because, you know, that's what people, they look at the Instagram. Oh, wow. And you really don't know what's going on because people, we all take the pictures and you can make them as pretty as you want to. Right. But, you know, the, the common theme is people have gone through things, whether it's failing in business, going through something in life, we've all had some kind of failure. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love to hear when I talk to people. And I love it when people are just honest because, mm -hmm. you know, we want to think that everything's perfect. We want to think that the person that we may see as successful is, oh, they never had any problems. They did everything right, mm -hmm. but they didn't. Mm -hmm. They, you know, they had some stumbling blocks along the way. Maybe they had failed businesses. Maybe they lost all their money and they had to rebuild their life but we all have been through something. And that is what I like for people to know that mm -hmm. there is, it's okay to fail. It's okay to go through things. It's okay to pick yourself up and dust yourself off because it's not going to be, you know, rainbows and whipped cream all the time. Mm -hmm. So that's the common thing is that hearing the failures from people. Right. Yeah. I, I completely agree with you on that. I mean, I obviously have failed in throughout my career as well, both big and small moments. And what I've learned, and I actually grow from my biggest failures, mm -hmm. and and that gives me meaning, and 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 you know injects energy into my life and wakes me up and say, oh wow, that is such a learning opportunity, and I'm so thankful for that. Right. And I think one thing that I'm beginning to focus more often is shifting my mindset into a positive state. So for example, during this pandemic, instead of asking the question, why did this happen to us? Start asking the question, why did it happen for us? Right. And what are the opportunities that we can take away from it? Yeah. Well, guess what? I launched my own podcast. Yes. <laughs> And that's great. It, you know, the pandemic gave me opportunity to launch my own podcast. I had more time to focus on my podcast rather than traveling, you know, spending time in traffic, going to and from work. And so we have to find this, this silver lining in, in everything yeah. in order to have more gratitude and live more purposefully. Right. And I think that um, going back to you know the notion of uh, failure, it's it's important to have that. That's part of life. That's mm -hmm. part of the process um, of success, uh, of living purposefully, um, finding happiness. Not everything's going to be 
going the way that we want it to go. And so it's important to, again, step back and reflect on, you know, why do we fail and, and what are the learning opportunities and how can we be better at it next time so it doesn't happen. And, but if an individual continues to commit the same, uh, uh, you know, failure, then there needs to be major assessment in, mm-hmm. in, in that particular individual. So there's that point to, to make. Right. Um, that's great. So in terms of entrepreneurship, um, what other concepts or advice could you share with my listeners um, in terms of launching their own business and ensuring that they're on the right path in doing so? Um, you touched on it a few minutes. I'm like you, like a lot of people are like, oh, I can't wait for 2020 to be over. This is where, but <laughs> you know, I, I actually enjoyed 2020 because it made me stop. Mm-hmm. Um, I pivoted my business and, and doing so many great things. And mm-hmm. I would tell anyone right now, this is your time. Mm-hmm. Get out there. If you want to start a business, if you want to write a book, whatever, this is your time because the world has slowed down. Right. And this is your opportunity to, to take advantage of it. So stop going, oh my God, I got to wear a mask or I'm stuck inside. Don't look at it like that. Look at it as, okay, now I can do some things that I wouldn't have normally had time for. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have normally had time to write the business plan or mm-hmm. devote as much time as I like in building my business the way I want. That's mm-hmm. what you need to be looking at because we're in this for a reason. Mm-hmm. So you might as well take, you know, advantage of it and do the things, you know, that you didn't have an opportunity to do before. So Mm -hmm. if you want to be an entrepreneur and something has just been pounding in your heart, this is the perfect time. Right. Yeah, totally. I agree. This is the perfect time because the world has slowed down Mm -hmm. and it gives us a chance to reflect on ourselves, our values, where we want to go, what, what is the next stage in our career? Um, you know, how are we going to, uh, you know, form those relationships in order to empower ourselves to live fully in the present moment and really achieve happiness. Mm -hmm. And so, um, you know, those moments of complaining about wearing a mask and how, you know, my favorite bar is an opening could be those energy could be spent on something more fulfilling that can uplift our lives um, as better human beings and to uh, benefit our, our, our professional career. And so I'm so happy that you mentioned about um, you know, that notion of um, stepping back and reflecting and you know, investing in other things that's gonna find us, uh, to help us find more, uh, more joy. Mm-hmm. Um, what advice would you give my, my listeners as it relates to purpose and meaning? Um, I would say, sit still, look inward and really think about who you are, Mm -hmm. who you are and what you feel you were put here to do, because you have some kind of gift, you have some kind of talent, Mm -hmm. or you have some kind of desire and Mm -hmm. only you were giving that. And it's not for anyone else to say you're right or wrong or you get approval from anyone. So get still and really know who you are and think about those things. And I think once you kind of, 
narrow that down, you can get on the past path to getting to your purpose. Right. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so, of course, you're, you know, out there in social media, where can people find you and your work should they want to connect with you? My website is trinalmartin.com. If you want to DM me, I, my platform is LinkedIn. So if you want to DM me for a quick response, that's a way to do it. But listen to Trina Talk is my podcast and pick up my book from a mess to amazing. Awesome. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, folks. So this, is, this has been in a wonderful chat with Trina. You know where to find her and her, her amazing work. Um, very happy that you all got the chance to spend some time with the both of us to talk about purpose and meaning and among other things. And so um, I hope that uh, you'll apply these uh, concepts that you've learned um, to achieve your purpose. Uh, thank you, Trina. I appreciate your time. Thank you. All right.